Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. I'm a guy. Corwin Heller, if you really care. And that guy is the yeah. other host of this show. Um, hey. It's the it's the non sports episode of the podcast. Um, we've spent the last two or three of these shitting on the NFL and and, and or the Jets, and today will be no different um, <laughs> because they just keep arming us with material for for discussion. Um, and our continuation of this rampage against them for being the worst. Um, so I guess we'll get there. Uh, in terms of another conclusion to a league season, the NBA Finals have wrapped. The Lakers are your NBA champions. I don't think anyone's overly surprised by that. <laughs> um I didn't watch any of the games, but I'm I'm happy for LeBron and Anthony Davis and that struggling, miserable franchise that is the Lakers. I actually watched the series, um, which was the first you know basketball games I watched this season. Um, and just you know, going off headlines and highlights and you know stats leading into it. If you asked me before game one, who I thought you know if one team was going to dominate, one team was going to sweep this that, I would have said, well. This looks like it's going to be a seven-game series regardless, and it's going to be t- a tight one at that. Mm, excuse me. Um, but, man, after game one, it was just clear, you know, LeBron and AD just were not going to allow that to happen. And despite Jimmy Butler's best efforts, Duncan Robinson's best efforts, um, Lakers were just such a such a complete team. And, and you know, that, I think that comes part and parcel with LeBron James being a very complete player. Anthony Davis really came out of his shell a little bit in terms of shooting and, and in terms of the other aspects of the game. He already basically had it. And this is coming from a guy who doesn't watch much basketball. So you got those two guys firing on all cylinders. I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't know how anything's going to be able to stop it. And, uh, hey, the Heat put up a good fight. Yeah. Does this change your LeBron MJ debate at all? No, not really. I yeah, I don't. I still think it's LeBron James. It's tough because there's going to be some inherent bias because we grew up with LeBron James being that guy. Um, and I think it comes down to you know Michael Jordan was a better scorer, was a more creative scorer, was a better player to watch. But I would also argue LeBron is a better facilitator. He's the better complete player. You know, we mentioned that already at the start of this. If I had to say, you know, given two completely even teams, who would be able to lift the other, you know, four guys on the court, however many guys they have on the roster, you know, to a championship, I think it would be LeBron. Um, If that's the answer to my debate question, sure, I'll go with that just as itself. Why not? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to have to have this internal debate any longer where it's just, you know, waning back and forth between the two. 
It, it's also going to be going to be difficult because LeBron James is playing in a different era media-wise, and I think that will forever be an impact that is under-discussed in terms of his volatile outlook um, by part of fans and media. When when Michael Jordan was doing it, man, like the only people who were talking about sports on a national stage were well, sports analysts. Um and there wasn't nearly the degree of like shock jock sports analysts that we have nowadays because there were just fewer programs and you didn't need anything to truly draw an eye. If you talked about sports, you were one of like four organizations that were really going to do it on a consistent basis. So that's all you had to talk about. And people were going to tune in. Nowadays, who has a national stage to talk about sports? Literally everyone. Literally us right now. This this podcast is national. It can be gotten anywhere. Twitter can be downloaded anywhere. And there's a fuck ton more sports discussion shows that actually go up on television and more sports discussion channels. There's just it's it, it's it lends itself to asking more ridiculous questions just to fill up time. Um, and because Jordan didn't have that, it's easier for you to look back on him as being such a consensus with LeBron James having more of a question and more doubts, but at the same time, a lot of the doubts are probably as a result of needing something to say more so than really anything else. Yeah, man, I'm just glad, uh. We have social media so that I could sit here twice a week and complain about sports and talk about a bunch of bullshit, and uh, no one can stop me. No, I can. I, can... I don't have to be a crazy person doing it in my bedroom by myself twice a week. The best part about the world today is that I could sit here and say Dirk Nowitzki is the greatest player of all time, and you can't tell me anything otherwise, and I can broadcast that opinion to the world. I don't believe that, by the way, but... You also yeah, can't no, sit there and say, you're wrong. You shouldn't be on the show you run. This is my fucking show, bitch. Now that you said that out loud, it, it's reminding me how fucking horrifying that actually is. Because it's not just sports people. It's literally everyone. And isn't all the time. that sad? Um, I'm scared. I am. I think I might. And I said this during the pandemic that I'll try to watch more basketball when it comes back on. But then every sport came back simultaneously and it was impossible. But I I, I, I do want to keep a better eye on the NBA next year because I was very, I really enjoyed Jimmy Butler during the, uh, the playoffs. And I want to watch more Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is exciting. I wish he was still on the Sixers uh, because I, I would have been really happy to you know, have a team close by that I could root for. At the same time, it's just kind of like they don't deserve that. They don't. How old do you think Jimmy Butler is? 30? Yeah, 30. Wow, I, oh, I don't wow. know why. Dude, I don't know why, but in my mind, Jimmy Butler is still like 26. Yeah, I feel like it's that way with a lot of guys who were either older when they got drafted, not just in basketball, but, you know, football, MLB, whatever, or just broke out really late. 
uh, who's the big baseball? Jose Abreu still seems oh, like yeah. he should be 27. He's like he's 32 like, or 30. some shit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think my thing is I just constantly forget how long Jimmy Butler was with Chicago for. Um, because ever since Jordan left, Chicago is sad. How long was he with Chicago? Um, he was with Chicago from the 2011 season all the way through the 2016 season. Wow. So six six seasons. It was there six seasons. That's uh, that's impressive. Yeah. Anyway. That sucks for him, too. I just want to put that in there. It's not a great yeah. place where I would want to be. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, look at how much good he's done for what was never. I don't think the Heat was ever bad in the way Chicago is bad, but they haven't been good, really good, since like a year or two after LeBron left. Um, so to see him like really be such a difference maker on that quality of team really begs the question of one, how much worse was Chicago really? Um, than he was boasting uh, or bolstering up them to be. And uh, two, what could he have possibly done on even a middling franchise um, like the Knicks? <laughs> when will you be good? I demand Never. to know. Um, question for the Jets, too, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, there's still nothing to really talk about with, with hockey. There's people getting signed right now, but, you know, that needs more time. There's nothing been crazy. Lundqvist officially signed with the Capitals, so I'm officially sad. Um, but that's, you know, to be expected with how this year has gone. <laughs> um, baseball, the Rays are currently taking it to the Astros, which is lovely to see. Um, as it stands right now, so we're recording this Wednesday night. It's 6.45 uh, p.m. here on the East Coast. The Rays Astros game four has not yet started. It's the 840 game. So there's a chance that the Astros eliminate, sorry, the Rays eliminate the Astros tonight with a win, which, which would be a four game sweep. Um, or that we end up going to game five tomorrow night. Um, TBD. But Corwin, what have you made of this Rays Astros lopsided series thus far? Uh, pure absolute satisfaction. I mean, just. I would have paid actual currency to be able to ensure that the Astros wouldn't win the championship and be embarrassed to some extent. Now, I would have paid a lot more to see that happen and see them swept in the first round, but, you know, can't all be winners. I'm just glad that it's really all coming together and Jose Abreu has completely forgotten how to play baseball and... Carlos Correa is still a little bitch and every everything involved there. I'm just happy to see it all fall apart. Yeah, this is this is uh very satisfying to watch. Not only have the Astros been losing, um, Jose Altuve continues to be a yips machine. Um, which boy howdy is that satisfying. Um this is good for a number of reasons, and I would like to detail the ways. One, if you're a Yankees fan, this is satisfying because the Rays are in the midst of embarrassing the Astros, whereas the Yankees actually did well, um, bringing their series to five games, evened up by two at two, and ultimately losing on the back of game two with some bizarre pitching rotation chicanery. But 
you got to feel good about this because, and not that you have to feel good about anything if you're a Yankees fan. It's been a disappointing Dodgers like run over the past few years, but without the World Series appearances. Um, but you you got to it got it has to take a little bit of the sting off because you looked competitive against this team and the Astros do not. Um, they made last night a little bit closer, managing to only lose five to two. Um, but uh, not even that their first game, they lost. So they, all right, never mind. None of these games have, they lost two to one in the first game. They lost four to two in the second game and they lost five to two last night. So last time was actually their farthest game away. Um, so never mind. point retracted. Um, yeah, the fact that the Astros pretty much cruised through the first two series is, 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 um, is pretty astonishing given that, well, they were a below 500 team, which brings me to the second point. So point number one, you got to feel good about this as a Yankees fan because, well, for one thing, the Astros are getting fucked. And for another thing, you look a lot better against the Rays than the Astros did, which means the Yankees are at least a better team. And the Rays are probably an even better team than we initially gave them credit for. But um, that's also is feels good because here we have a team that went 40 and 20, knocking the shit out of a team that went 29 to 31 which is what you would want. This is how you would want to see this series be played because that was one of the other frustrating parts about watching the Astros um, in the postseason thus far is that they were winning their series is, 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 while having had a losing record in the regular season. And you got to sit there and be like, come on, can't one of these fucking playoff teams get their shit together? And it, finally, one of them did and is showing you why a team with a winning record tends to advance over a team with a losing record. And that is satisfying. Isn't it nice when that finally just comes together? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like the Astros have never looked in, in this postseason more like a losing team than they have while actively actually losing games, which is very satisfying. Um it's also satisfying on the back of all the shit that uh Carlos Correa talked for no goddamn reason. Um, when no one fucked him ass, fucking asked him to, and is making him look like a bitch in the eyes. Like, man, I know CC Sabathia talks a lot of shit about a lot of people, but he usually does it in jest. He's a, he's a pretty warm hearted dude. Um, if he don't like you, man, you are a dick. And <laughs> Carlos Correa, man, Jesus Christ. Why are you acting like you're the victim of a cheating scandal where you were the cheater? No, he's acting like he was the victim of like a hate crime. Like it's 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 one thing if he was acting like oh people are cheating against him. That's like that's being a little bitch by all means. But he is just going all out with this and it's just I don't get it. I don't get how you could look yourself in the eye in the mirror and say Yes, that is exactly it. Like, it's, just, it's insane. I just don't get why either someone within the Astros clubhouse or even someone from PR didn't go into the clubhouse early on in the season and say, all right, guys, it's going to be challenging this year because of everything surrounding the scandal that got uncovered. If we want to rally around something, let's rally around proving we are the team without any of the enhanced <laughs> playing methods we incorporated previously. We still are those people. And that this is a message to baseball and ourselves 
that we are still this good even without having done any of the things we done. And instead, which would be annoying, don't get me wrong, that would be super fucking annoying. Not like any of us would sit here and be like, yeah, then why'd you cheat? Like, there's still, it's still fucking stupid. But it's way less aggravating and stupid than saying, you guys are all against us, and we're going to prove you wrong that you shouldn't be against us when we're against you because you broke the rules. Like, obviously, everyone's going to be against you. You're the bad guy. Are we the baddies? Like, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's like they've never watched a movie before, but they understand that they needed a rallying cry and they loosely understand how storylines work and then just like jump to some bad conclusions. Uh, I am just so sick of them getting attention by still being in the playoffs. I just want them to disappear for a while. Yeah, I just want them to be bad. Like, not even, you know, 29 and 31. You can stomach that. They made the playoffs this year because of the expanded format. I want them to be bad. I want them to be, you know, Mets bad for a season. That would have been nice. That really would have been nice. Right? Like, we're getting a little bit of, a bit of it with the Altuve shit. Like, that's fun. I'm so enjoying watching him suck. Um, he deserves it. Correa deserves it more, but he deserves it. Um, but man, it would be so nice to watch them just be, you know, without all the Metsy injuries, because I don't want to sit here and wish injury upon somebody, but just the bizarre levels of suckitude spread throughout the entire team that the Mets somehow managed to get every season. That's what I want for them. Oh man. I honestly, as much as we always say on here, we never wish for anyone to get hurt. You know, we're always here for the safety of the players, regardless of sport, regardless of who they are. A Tanya Harding moment wouldn't be uncalled for if they're starting to come back. Uh, I, I think I think the Rays series is currently the Tanya Harding moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. There's always room for more, though. Oh hey, I uh, I certainly wouldn't mind waking up to a weird story where it's like Carlos Correa sprained his back putting his pants on. Like who? That happened to someone on the Mets, right? No, no, no. He threw out his back sucking his own dick because he's Carlos Correa, and it's not big enough. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened to someone on the Mets, though. I'm pretty sure someone did like have to miss a star because he put on his pants wrong. Anyway, um, I know like oh, who was it? Um. Was it Steven Matz? Who, who, like, broke their ankle by stepping in a hole? Oh, my God. Who Jonas was Cespedes? that? That was Cespedes, yeah. And then and then he managed to break the other ankle, too, do, or the other heel doing something weird. Yeah. And then, you know, Mad Bum destroyed his shoulder by crashing his ATV. And I think it was Steven Matz that, I mean, that sounds correct. Uh... Trevor Bauer sliced his finger open on a drone before a World Series game. Man, pitchers find the wackiest ways to hurt themselves. Um, anyway, anyway, the other postseason series we got going on right now uh, is the Dodgers-Braves series, which up until today has not been super competitive. Um, well, again, I'll amend my own 
statement there. The Braves kept the Dodgers at arm's length um, in game one on the back of a four-run ninth, I believe, uh, five to one. And then they had a pretty tight game last night where the Braves had a pretty big lead and then the Dodgers tightened it up, but ultimately the, the Braves ended up winning eight to seven. And as it stands right now, I think the Dodgers, I think we can sit here and comfortably say the Dodgers are going to win tonight's game as they stand here at the end of the first inning up 11 to nothing. Um, who are you pulling for in this game? Uh, this, ser- this series, I should say this series, not the Dodgers. Why? Because I'm a Padres fan now, and I I don't like the Dodgers. You know, I can't say my hate is as deep-rooted as your hatred of the Red Sox. But it's still, you know, the biggest interdivision rival. Um, You know, Southern California got to... Got to fight for that territory, and I just I cannot get behind rooting for the Dodgers at this point. So I am conflicted um, because I am actively rooting for the Braves. I like the Braves team. We have often complained about the Braves organization, and I do not want to diminish that aspect of that at all. I think the Braves organization recent years has been shit um, and manipulative, but I think this Braves team is really fun. I really like these this group of guys. I um, am, am a fan. Uh, plus, Hank Aaron's still alive. I'd like to see him be a special guest at a World Series game. That'd be super cool. Because um, I think they'd let him go if they were in the World Series. I think they'd let Hank go. Anyway, um, but I'm also I also wouldn't I wouldn't root for the Dodgers. I wouldn't be upset if they won the World Series though or made it to the show because as much as I really don't want to root for the Dodgers, I also don't want Clayton Kershaw to retire without a ring. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't and I I do agree with you there. Like I if they did go to the World Series and they won as much as I'm gonna, you know, be like, oh, I'm a Padres fan now. I, I gotta, you know, stick with the boys and can't be a fan of the Dodgers. I'm not gonna be heartbroken about it. I'm not gonna be tearing my hair out. I'm not gonna be terribly upset longer than 15 minutes when they win. Um, and it would be really great to see Clayton Kershaw win it and see that reaction, see that, um, that come together finally for him in the playoffs. I really don't care for the Braves, and I'm really not rooting for them outright. Uh, it's just kind of there's none of none of the teams in the playoffs that I actually care for winning. It's just not it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not excited nor jazzed about any of these teams that are like in the running. Um, Rays are a divisional rival. The Astros are a menace to society. The Braves are fun, uh, but again, organizational, I know it maybe shouldn't matter as much as I'm making it sound like it matters, but it still matters. And, you know, fuck the Dodgers. Um, Just in general. But I equate this to when, like, the Caps won the Stanley Cup a couple years ago. Like, you know, I didn't really care that much if the the Golden Knights won um, or if the Caps won. 
But I'm glad Ovi got his ring because it was getting sad. Like, I'm glad Alexander Ovechkin can retire at some point um, with a Stanley Cup ring because he deserves that. And having seen, well, very recently, my, you know, your, a face of the franchise leave your team without one, it sucks. It sucks. And it sucks going to a, a, a great player's baseball. Like, it sucks that Ted Williams never won a World Series. You know, that's just a sad fact. That's, even though I hate the Red Sox, it is still very, very sad that one of, if not the greatest pure hitter of all time, had to retire without a World Series ring. That's very sad. Ah, uh, man. I, I am not as warm to this as you are because it's, you know, Ovechkin, it's the Capitals. They have to go through the pens to get there. They did the year they won it. Um, I get what you're saying. And, you know, under the umbrella of all sports superstars, I agree. You know, the big players in the game shouldn't have to retire without having a team around them that can win a championship. It's just when it gets down to the individual players and you, you break it down, yes for this guy, no for the that guy, so on and so forth. I wouldn't have been upset if OV didn't win it until Sid retired. Maybe if he held out one year after Sid retires and that's the year he wins it, I can live with that. But he had to beat Sid and the Pens to get there and win the World Series, not World Series, uh, Stanley Cup. So I'm not, you know, super, super excited that he won. Even though it was what, two, three years ago now, who knows? Uh, I don't even know. Two, it was two years ago. It was it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I Time agree. I I don't know. It, it just it, this doesn't. If this was a bracket you had presented to me, saying you had the Dodgers Braves facing off in the NLCS and the Rays Astros facing off in the ALCS. I wouldn't be like, "What? You're cr-. like, it would look like a very normal bracket to me, you know? Like this is mm-hmm. this this is very like, yeah, I would expect that. But wow, I mean, just none of these teams for me as someone who's not involved in and in, in in the the fandom of any of the four of them, even passively, it's just not interesting. It is just, I mean, I like it because I'm a baseball fan, you know, but like. There is a fun reason to root for the A's. There was a fun reason to root for the White Sox, for the Padres, for the Marlins. Um, you know, th- there there was there's even fun reasons to root for like the Reds, you know, the Twins. Yeah, but like, man, there's just the Rays are an interesting team because the analytics, the ass. I don't want to talk about the, the ass. Fuck the Astros, pirates, you know, all all former pirates. pirates. Uh yeah, former pi- they they are basically basically the pirates with a good player dev. Um the like the, the Braves as I've said are young and fun. Um they've got some fun pitching, they've got some fun hitting, but whatever. And the Dodgers are the Yankee West Coast Yankees. So um, again, unless you're like a Dodgers fan, I don't see why you would root for them. Much like unless you're a Yankees fan, I don't see why you would root from, for them. Um mm-hmm. so this is this is a very for for a neutral fan 
outside of individual performances and like the the games themselves, this is a very meh matchup in terms of outside excitement. Yeah. Uh, so basically, what we've reached the conclusion of uh, this whole conversation. I I'm not even going to pretend like that sentence made any sense, but we're just going to roll right through. Did you know where the sentence was going? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> um, the conclusion we have come to is that we, as baseball fans, Who? we as a society, fucked up by letting the Dodgers beat the Padres and not postponing their matchup until all of our pitchers were healthy. Um, and so I expect reparations at some point, whether it be a World Series title next year or each fan getting a, a, a four-digit, five, six-digit payout, that's fine. If you want to give me some win shares of the Super Bowl win, if the Dodgers win, I'll take it. I won't root for the Dodgers, but I will take their money. So I think that's the only solution we have been able to reach. Uh, and yeah, I have nothing else to say about this series until it moves on to being the World Series as of right now. Uh, yeah, do you? Nope. All right. Well, then I guess that brings us to football again. Yay. We need to start off with the most important topic here. Nick Saban tested positive for COVID, and we need to shut down football until he's safe. I I have no comment. Listen, I am not ever going to say that I will root for Alabama football. But goddamn, the greatest... Honestly, a man who should be on football Mount Rushmore up there with Bill Belichick, if we're talking coaches, needs to make it through okay. Or college football as a whole will just be in a, a totally darker place for a long, long time. Uh, I just I couldn't imagine college football without Nick Saban. Obviously, he's going to get the best possible care imaginable, but at the end of the day... You know, we need to make sure he does. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Um, maybe this will make Alabama take the pandemic more seriously. Who knows? Um, Listen, Josh, we're talking hope here, not miracles. Yeah, it, it's tough because I'm not sure how much of Alabama has, like, basic access to the internet or the ability to read. So it's tough to say if they'll even find out about this, but I guess we'll find oh, out. It's, it's Alabama football. There will be a civil war started over who gave it to them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Here come, here comes the jets. <laughs> oh, here comes this yeah. word vomit. So the jets have cut Le'Veon Bell. Um, good for Le'Veon. I am happy for him. He does not deserve this. Um, and it is astonishing, truly, to see the near unity on Jets Twitter about this in support of Le'Veon Bell and in just the continued shock that the Jets continue to keep Adam Gase. I do. We've now seen Dan Quinn fired in Atlanta. We saw Bill O'Brien get fired in Texas. 
what the fuck do they need? What is happening? And I now, just, no, go ahead, go ahead. I just cannot even comprehend. Like, I know we had this entire episode talking about how we cannot comprehend how Adam Gase has a job, but I can't comprehend how a team releases its most talented player mid-season while he is under contract. He's not holding out. And it's not even like he was publicly seriously asking for it or demanding it. They just release him because he's unhappy. And everyone universally amongst their fan base agrees. Nobody's upset about this. They're like, yeah, we fucking suck. God bless us for getting rid of our best player because it gives him hope for reclaiming his career. That's absolutely unheard of. I I know. May may I put on a tinfoil hat real quick? Uh, a what hat? A tinfoil hat. Sure. All right. Uh, Joe Douglas wants Adam Gase fired. There's there's no other way about it. So the way the Jets currently have their head coach GM relationship set up is that the head coach does not report to the GM. Joe Douglas has no authority over Adam Gase right now. Um. That is the way the Jets organization wanted it. I, it's if it sounds if you're sitting at home going, what, why, why, why? Yeah, I know it's ridiculously stupid. Um, so if you're wondering why would Joe Douglas get rid of Le'Veon Bell but not Adam Gase, the answer is because he can't get rid of Adam Gase. He's not allowed to do that. That that must come from Chris Johnson. So the only rational explanation I have for why the Jets would get rid of, and even if you don't want to call him the best offensive weapon on, on the team, even if that's too far for you, which I don't know who you would put above him, but even if that was too far for you, just, just to say why would they would get rid of a legitimate starting offensive weapon on a team that is at a loss of starting offensive weapons, Chris fucking Hogan just went on the IR. We have no one to throw the ball to and no one in the backfield to do anything outside of 37, actually 37-year-old Frank Gore. Um, why you they would get rid of an offensive weapon when there's so few of them that you paid money for and will pay money for whether he finds a new team or not. Um, the only answer I can come up with is Joe Douglas wants Adam Gase to look bad. Joe Douglas wants to give Adam Gase as few things as he can to work with at this point. He wants to, to show how poor of a job this man does and show some sympathy to Le'Veon Bell the same way all Jets fans have. Because you're right, Le'Veon Bell isn't holding out. Le'Veon Bell hasn't been unruly in the media. He hasn't been public on Twitter the way Jamal Adams has. None of that stuff. He he's he's. I think we all knew He's been disgruntled because why wouldn't you be? But by all accounts, he's handled himself very well. Um, yeah. And they've done him this kindness is the only way I could put it. So I, I don't know what it could possibly take at this point for Chris Johnson to come to, to the light. I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. The Texans have won their division more times in the last five years than the Jets have in the last 20. The Falcons have gone to the Super Bowl more recently than most Jets players have been alive. 
actually, well, the, the Falcons were just there like two years ago, but more recently than, uh, but they, they've been there at least within the fucking last century. The Jets haven't been since 68, 69. It's bad. Like these are teams that are doing so significantly more well than the Jets are. Both those teams have franchise quarterbacks. It ain't fucking with either of them to get rid of the goddamn head coach. The team's better off. Yeah. Like, I get you are almost certainly going to draft one of the big three quarterbacks this year because, let's face it, there's no way you win enough games. There's no way you have a chance to win enough games to remove yourself from that consideration, which means you're going to have a new quarterback next year. You're going to have to do something with Sam Darnold, whether it be release, trade, just shoot him into the sun. Why wouldn't you fire Adam Gase, let Jim Bob Cooter take over offensive play calling, put Greg Williams as interim head coach, why not, and see, okay, let's put him in a fresh situation, a fresher situation, not completely fresh. Let someone else call plays and see how he does. See if there's any marginal improvement. See if you can raise his value. I don't know. The only thing I could possibly think of of like what Chris and Woody Johnson are thinking is, well, if you know, we put Jim Bob Cooter in and he doesn't improve Teams are going to see that he didn't improve at all, and and they're not going to want to trade for him because they won't know if they could get him to improve or whatever. And and they wouldn't. They still see all of the great things Sam Darnold has the potential to do consistently. He still, you know, shows signs of being able to produce at a fairly decent level as an NFL starting quarterback. Everyone knows Adam Gase is a goddamn plague on whatever he touches. Okay, so he can't pick it up and, you know, become a a just completely different player halfway through a season with a guy who is already one of his coaches now. No one's going to hold that seriously against Sam Darnold. So I don't I have no idea what possible reason they could have for not doing it already. So the only thing I can come up with is they desperately want to pretend like they're the Giants. And I say that because this is an oft-discussed thing in the world of New York, New York sports. You have the big brother and little brother teams. The Mets are the little brothers to the Yankees. The Islanders are the little bro- brothers to the Rangers. Well, that one's a little more disputed. Um, the, uh, the Jets are the little bro- brothers to the Giants. And you know what the Giants' whole big thing was, especially discussed recently in the wake of Ben McAdoo and uh, whoever the fucking guy was after him. Uh, Giants don't fire coaches during the season. They are a classy organization. Classy organizations don't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And the only reason I can possibly fucking think that Chris Johnson doesn't want to fire Adam Gase midseason is because he's looking at the Giants and saying, well, they don't do it, so why should we? And the answer to that is, that's fucking dumb. You're a fucking idiot. Holy shit, you're fucking stupid. Nobody gives a shit if you're classy, if you're dumb as fuck. And the thing is... Nobody looks at, you know, the pompous asshole stereotypes and say, 
well, shit, like, they may be actual dumb people, like, incapable of just, of actual progressive thought. But shit, did you see those table manners? My God, that's a classy person. Fuck out of here. Just because it's the way you've always done it doesn't make it right. If that's Segregation the case, used to be legal. It wasn't right. And also, just to point to other to other football methodologies, ground and pound of the of you know the sixties through like eighties isn't a viable strategy anymore. You got to pass. Well, yeah, but that, it's because you have a like a literal Panzer tank, Panther tank as a no Panzer, Panther, Panzer, Panzer. Panzer. Yeah, Panther tank as your as your goddamn running back makes it a little bit different. But anyway, you got a reference, by the way. Thanks, buddy. It would be better if I didn't fuck it up. Um, as most of our references are. Um, like, man, goddamn it! It's just the sad part about this is that this shouldn't even be an issue. An organizational structure issue? That's what this is? That's why we're all mad? Because the Jets are failing at assigning responsibilities correctly? Like, that's I mean, some bullshit. That's crazy bullshit. They, the Chris and Woody Johnson are Johnson and Johnson. They are the company Johnson and Johnson that you know makes band-aids and medicine. It's a really big fucking company. Everyone knows this goddamn company. There is no goddamn reason why they should be getting organizational structure wrong. It just doesn't make sense. You know what would make all of us less mad? If Chris Johnson said tomorrow, I'm not gonna fire Adam Gase, but I'm going to shift that responsibility to the GM Joe Douglas so that he can guide the franchise as he best sees fit, as I am not a football person. And instead, we're all clamoring for him to fire Adam Gase because he has decided to be hands-off in this decision while also still having all of the power to make it with no one else having any of the power to make it for him. That's stupid. Man, ego fucking sucks. Ego gets in the way of so many things. And that's the thing. I'm not sure if it's ego or stupidity. And again, this brings me back to the Rangers. Holy shit. What? I just saw the Dodgers score. Is it uh, Is it still 12-0? Yeah, bottom of the second. Or end of the second, excuse me. Yeah. yeah wow. It's not looking, that's just, not looking good for Hotlanta. That's, that's too shocking not to like audibly mention. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers, James Dolan fucks with the Knicks all the time. James Dolan does not fuck with the Rangers seemingly ever. Which team's doing better in the past decade? It's not even close. It's not even close. And that's oh. not to, and that's not a, 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 a mark on James Dolan's intelligence. I, he, for one, he seems like a colossal asshole. But I don't, I don't know whether he's smart or not. I don't know what his education is like. I don't know what he's like in the world of business. Um, 
I again, I'm not saying he is smart. I'm just saying I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is. That doesn't mean you're good at running a goddamn team. That doesn't mean you should be put in a position to run a goddamn team. You know what you should do? The Hal Steinbrenner thing. I own the team. I'm going to hire the right guys, and then I'm going to fuck off and go be rich somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, but Jerry Jones does it, and look at the Cowboys. Yeah, look at the Cowboys. They're one and four. They didn't sign their fucking top. The guy who was leading the NFL in passing yards to a contract and waited so long that he played himself out of the ability to sign him to a long-term contract because the Cowboys couldn't have afforded it. And now they have absolutely no ability to compete because, you know, as good of a backup Andy Dalton is, he's not going to be able to overcome that, you know, defensive shortcoming. And uh, just as much as Jerry Jones gets all the fame for being the owner and general manager of a team, he's not been wildly successful at it. He's been wildly successful at building up the brand and making money for himself. But as far as putting together a winning football team, he hasn't done it. No, whether it's been because of the the wrong players or the wrong coach, those two things have never lined up correctly. And the Cowboys ain't won shit since the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't even, they've, they haven't even really come all that close. It's not no. a success story. By any means. Well, if you're his accountant, it's a success story. True. Again, look at Robert Kraft. How often do you think about Robert? How often does Robert Kraft's name come up when you're not talking about tug jobs in Florida? Almost never. I was just going to say, I think about him every time I get a Korean woman to give me a hand job while giving me a massage. Or or when, you know, you're avoiding your taxes. Um, But because you know what Robert Kraft does? He, He owns the Patriots. And then he lets Bill Belichick decide everything. Which, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. That's exactly what you should do. That is, oh my God, that's what you should fucking do. Just go be rich somewhere else. Or if you want to be rich around sports, go hang out in the suite. Just don't make any goddamn decisions. You're a fucking idiot. When it comes to sports, I don't know what it is about the world of sports that makes it so different from everything else. And I'm also not sitting here saying I'd be good at it. But you should let the people who are proven to be good at it, have spent a career being good at it, that you hired to be good at it, go be good at it. You know how infuriating that must be? Like, imagine, I'm trying to think about what would be a good comparison to you. How works can I get? Yeah, right? This is like like, like Trump's 2016 campaign. It can't can't do any worse. Let's yeah. just go. What? What? Can't hurt. What do you got to lose? Um, Turns out everything. But this, this this is like letting one person buy all of your clothes and then letting another person make the outfits for you and then being surprised when things aren't going well. Because those two people have very different views on fashion. I have to admit... Don't perfectly get it because I I can't say I'm a stylish stylish person, and you know, clothes are clothes. But I feel like there are certain listeners who are j- just heard that and are like, oh fuck, I get it. All right, I got, uh, I've actually got a better one because I think there's more room for this to go wrong. It's like letting one guy 
buy all of the ingredients to go in your pantry and then letting another Ooh. guy put the food together. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Except neither of them know how to cook. Or well, one, one guy of them knows how to cook. The guy buying the ingredients is going to buy yeah. you some really cool ingredients, and then the guy putting yeah. them together is going to be some twenty-one-year-old dude who's like whacked out on pills, trying to just trying to get through that last semester of college. Let's boil some fucking chicken, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Why is nobody eating? Why is everyone getting food poisoning? What the fuck? I made this chicken medium rare. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think it's supposed to look, look like. Look that. at him go. Oh man, uh, oh man, it is. Uh, I I don't understand what the end goal is here because the Jets have put themselves in a position, and I promise we'll wrap up on this topic soon and move to a different part of the NFL. But um, the Jets have put themselves in a position where they either move on from Adam Gase at some point during the season, and everyone goes, "This is great. Why are you doing it now?" I think most fans and analysts understood why they might wait for after the Jets Thursday night football game a few weeks ago, because it was a short week coming off that loss to, I don't remember who the Colts, I think maybe. Um, sure. And everyone was like, well, they can't fire him on short rest because it's just not enough time for even an assistant coach to get up to speed and get ready and prep fully and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, all right, Okay, I get that. Uh, but hey, after a Thursday night game, a long week, plenty of time to figure your shit out if you bring in a new coach. Yeah, makes sense. They didn't do it. So at some point, if they do choose to fire Adam Gase during the season, you're going to look at them and be like, why wouldn't you do this earlier when maybe our season was salvageable? You know, 0-5 is pretty tough to come back from. 0-3 isn't, isn't undoable. It's not pretty by any means. But like, maybe 0 and 5? Uh, it's gone. It's absolutely shot. Don't get me wrong. I didn't have high hopes after game one. But at least there could have been bright spots. We're going into week six with Adam Gase as our head coach. So let's just assume 0 and 6. It, it, this, this, it, it's not even going to be a productive losing season. It's going to be a wash. Or there are other options that they don't fire him. And we sit there and have this stupefied conversation every week because it is that abhorrent. Like, it was bad that the Texans just refused to fire Bill O'Brien for like two years longer than they should have. Um, but it didn't come up every week because the Texans would like still win some games. And it would have started coming up this week, but they fired Bill O'Brien. So what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it comes back to what we we talked about the first time we discussed Adam Gase, where if they have a search party looking for a coach and they are, you know, on the phone with Eric Bieniemy's agent, with Robert Sala's agent, um, you know, all these different guys around the league saying, hey, at the end of the season, we're your first interview. You know, I don't know how much pull they're going to be able to have to t- pull that off. But at the same time, if they're out there setting these things up now, knowing that they're going to be searching for a new coach in the offseason, sure. But if they are just allowing themselves to fall behind the Texans, fall behind the Falcons, in getting the head start they need to hire 
the next best head coach, they're fucking they're fucking themselves for the next five years because it's just going to start the process all over again. I I don't get how you can look at the Browns. I I don't get how you can look at the Texans. I don't get how you can look you can look at the Dolphins. How you can look at the Titans. And ju- just those, what, four teams, and not say, we should stop tanking because it's not going to get us anywhere, point number one. And point number two, this guy that is currently running our team, calling all of our plays, and ruining some of our talent is going to be a good point for us going forward. I don't know where that comes from. And again, I don't think... that. I, I, until next week, I don't think I have anything to say about it, but I'm sure come next week I'll have some more incredulity to, to spout off here. But, oh, my God, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Uh, so uh, yesterday, uh, the Titans played the Bills. Yeah. Did you watch Tuesday nope. Night Football? Forgot it was a thing. Um. So, you know, there, there's obvious there's, there's a conversation there in terms of the fact that the Titans are still undefeated and the Bills no longer are, and that's weird. Um, but how, how sustainable... Do you think the NFL learned anything? What do you mean? Do you think they learned anything from this hot fucking mess? that was trying to get the Titans to play an NFL game. No. I don't I, of course not. Now, let me follow this up. They basically by what are going to view this as a success. They were able to play the game, nobody else got sick that we know of. Of course it was a success. Oh, we don't need to do anything else. It worked out. This brings me to my next question. What is going to be your reaction if come this weekend a Bills player, any player, tests positive. NFL owners need to realize what's going on and vote to remove Roger Goodell because he's clearly now at a point where we know he was putting profit over player safety. We already knew that. But now the profit of these owners is at risk. And his lack of vision, lack of foresight, lack of preparation, lack of communication, whatever it is, the buck stops at him and he's putting the rest of the season and the owner's pocketbooks in jeopardy. And I think that is finally going to be enough to possibly bring this to a vote and have him removed. I know he has a contract. Every contract has a buyout. Maybe that's worth it to them. I don't know. I hope. I I am just so disheartened by this league and how they've chosen to go about conducting themselves. In in for one, the manner in which they've chosen to handle the whole Titan situation in general. Um, I also just can't help but think that that game was so unsafe. I mean, we we how are we at a point? As a nation, we don't understand that testing negative 
doesn't necessarily mean you're not still a carrier of COVID. I again point to the White House Rose Garden epidemic, not to get into the politics of it, but only to say that in theory, everyone who showed up to that event tested negative for COVID. And here we are three weeks later, 26, 28 of those people who attended tested positive afterwards because there is a gestation period. We know that testing negative does not necessarily mean you aren't still carrying something. And the fact that the Titans continues continue to test positive seemingly every day for like a week, two weeks, and then the one day they get full negative tests, so they decide to just go ahead and play a game, just seems so anti-science. It just seems so contrary to what we've we've learned as as a nation having gone through this epidemic. I don't understand why. I understand why they're choosing to do this because it is mon- money. I don't understand what they think is going to happen if this gets worse. I don't understand what they think the 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 answer is if the Bills get sick because everyone is going to point to that game. And I'm genuinely scared about it because the last thing we need is a second team having an outbreak on the level of the Titans and potentially more thereafter. I'm just, I'm just, maybe I'm a little bit too worried about it and being just a nervous Nelly, but I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm just afraid. I am too. And we talked about this with the MLB where we just did not trust them to get it right. And when the outbreaks happened, we said, that's it. We're done. And to their credit, they made it work. I think they realized the severity of the situation. They really locked down with, you know, communicating that to the teams and, you know, emphasizing, hey, if you fuck up like this again, shit's going to get real. I know the NFL has put out something similar, but at the same time, I still do not trust them to get it done until we see them actually get it done. You know, I will give MLB props now. I wasn't about to give it to them then. They had to earn it, and the NFL has to earn it here too. And guess what? It's been the past 10 years of them proving the exact opposite, that you cannot trust them to do the right thing. And so until they're, you know, prove otherwise, I just... I will not expect them to be able to get it done. Ah, uh, it is. I, 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 I really sincerely hope with, you know, a little bit of positive news with this game having been played, a little bit of positive news in that Cam Newton tested negative um, and that the Patriots are resuming practices. I, I want to take all of that positive news at face value and just be happy because it seems like everything's trending in the right direction, but with how poorly this has been handled on the part of the NFL and all of the seemingly glaringly obvious problems that have arisen or that could possibly arise based upon their decision-making and the, the manner in which they've chosen to conduct themselves around their solutions to the problems that they themselves created. I'm just worried. Um, I am happy that there's football. I am grateful that there's football. I'm grateful that the athletes are doing their thing. 
I am, despite the fact that this season has been miserable for my fan base, I'm grateful that it is being played um, and grateful that all the players are putting themselves at more risk than they usually do to play this game. Um, but oh my God, I am just so terrified of the NFL's incompetence because before the stakes used to be, well, that was a bad call or the stakes used to be, well, that's a stupid fine or the stakes used to be, we should have made the playoffs. Uh, and now the stakes are at, at the very least, Hey, I'm really sick and now have a pre-existing condition. And that's just, that's just a lot. You can't have incompetence to this degree on, on this large of a scale. And yet here we are, and it's almost like watching Roger Goodell for years be bad at managing a league in terms of his control, uh, his ability to work with the players and understand their needs and manage their well-being has led to some pretty dicey decision-making around working with the players and protecting their well-being when it really counts. If anything, this should show leagues everywhere that we need more Adam Silvers. Like, it matters. It really matters. Amen. You know, it, it really is exactly that. Because, you know, Roger Goodell, as much as the owners love him because he makes them money, it's detrimental to the health of the league as a whole and its future. And I just, I hate how short-sighted the owners can be in that regard. Oh, it is painfully short-sighted, especially when the alternative is everyone is happier and you make more money. Like, the NBA is doing pretty okay. It's, yeah. Anyway. Maybe this is Roger Goodell just, you know, getting ready to run for office. Show how qualified he is. Uh, he might be He might be too qualified. Has he ever been on okay. reality TV? He's a part of the NFL. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, in terms of, I guess to just end on a, on a slightly higher note, with continuing with, with the NFL, um, what to you is is more satisfying? Oh my! Wait, hold on. Actually, quick pause. I didn't realize this. Did you realize that the San, San Francisco 49ers were last in their division right now? <laughs> no. What is football? I mean, granted, they're in the toughest division in football, so it's not exactly surprising, especially with how injured they have been how poorly they've gotten um, or how poorly their quarterbacks have been playing for them. Um, but yeah, just the idea of them being last is definitely crazy to think about. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Um, all right. Which undefeated team do you think will lose a game first? Our currently undefeated teams are... The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, the Tennessee Titans, and the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I think it really does come down to the schedule. Um, but As it often on, does. 
talent. Yeah, right. Based off of talent, I would say the Titans. Um, especially when you consider how many guys that are sick and how depleted their depth is right now. Um, I would say the Titans. I know the Steelers have a tough matchup with the four and one Browns right now. Or this week, excuse me. Which All right. Be, I don't know what the schedule for these other are. I was going to say, let me make it a little bit easier, and I'll say everyone's next game, and we'll just go week by week until you think we hit a loss. Um, who do you think is going to win in week six, the Steelers or the Browns? On paper, the Steelers, being a Steelers fan, uh, this could easily be a loss, but for now, we'll say Steelers. All right, so that means they remain undefeated. Who do you think is going to win in week six, the Green Bay Packers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Green Bay. That means they stay undefeated. Do you? Who do you think is going to win in Week Six? The Tennessee Titans or the Houston Texans? Uh, the Titans. That means they stay undefeated. And who do you think is going to week and win in Week Six? The Seattle Seahawks or the bye week? Mm, bye week is undefeated. Bye week's never lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, ooh. So this makes it interesting. Week Seven: Steelers versus Titans. As of right now, they both stand undefeated based on what you and I would agree with. Um, the week six predictions. Who do you think takes this game? You know, I think in this matchup. I think you meant to say Yins no. <laughs> uh, that makes me happy. Um, in this matchup, I give it to the Steelers, not because I am biased, but because of how dominating their run defense has been. Um, I think they match up really well against the Titans. So you're still st sticking with the Steelers? I am. All right, that makes this a little bit easier. All right, um, who do you think would win between... Oh, this isn't even a question. Packers or Texans? The Packers. Yeah, it's not even a question. Um, Seahawks or Cardinals? Uh, Seahawks. All right, that means we're going to week eight. Good game. All right, this is going to be another tough one for your Steelers. Week 8, Steelers or Ravens? Man, uh, I got to go. Uh, I see, it's so hard because, again, the Ravens have not been playing like the Ravens of 2019, and their whole offense is all over the place. They are run heavy. Lamar Jackson has been held together with his ru uh, rushing this year. So, I, again, I think they match up well. But I would still say the Ravens are a better team and the Steelers are still the Steelers. So they're probably going to lose that game. All right. So so we're saying that the Steelers will stop being defeated in week – stop being undefeated, I should say, in week eight. Uh, week eight, uh, Packers or Vikings? Ooh, Packers. Yeah. And then let's go to our Seahawks week eight. Um, Seahawks or Niners? Seahawks. Yeah. All right. Let's see when when we get our first Packers or Seahawks loss. Week nine. Uh, Packers or Niners? Again, you know, I still got to give it to the Packers. I mean, they are Me too. obviously like. Just to be clear, I do not expect both of these teams to be undefeated going into Week Ten. Um, you know. Hey, why not? much parity for this to occur the way it is. But I'm still favoring each of these teams to win. I don't think you'd be wrong to do it. Um, this is kind of an interesting matchup. 
uh, only because of how unexpected the team has been. Who do you think would win in Week Nine, the Seahawks or the Bills? Man, that's tough. I'm gonna right? give it to the Seahawks. Yeah, I'd actually. All right, so hold on. I'm just gonna instead of going back and forth because these schedules are kind of odd. Um, let me know when you think we're hitting the first Packers loss. All right, so we just did Week Nine with the Niners. Week Ten, Packers Jacks. Packers. Packers Colts. Ooh, Packers. Right? It's closer there because of that Colts defense, but still. Um, that offense makes it not so close. Yeah, it, it's it's Phillip Rivers against uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and that's not exactly close. Packers Bears. Packers. Packers Eagles. Packers. Packers Lions. Packers. Packers Panthers. Packers. Packers Titans. Uh, it could be a good matchup, but I would still give the edge as of now to the Packers. And then they close out the season with Packers Bears. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with the sentiment that they are going to be favored in every game the rest of the season, which is nuts by a fair margin based on that schedule. And um, then what's interesting is when we go to the Seahawks schedule, um, which I'll read out as well. I I think their schedule. I if the Seahawks had the same schedule as the Packers, I could see myself giving maybe a team over to uh, against the Seahawks. But their schedule is even easier, and the Seahawks are still maybe my one B to the Packers right now. So we left off at um, the Week Nine matchup against the Bills. Then they have the Rams. It's a win. Seahawks Cardinals. Win. Eagles. Win. Giants. Loss. No, it's a win. Jets. No comment. Washington football team. Oof. <laughs> Fuck. Right? One well, of then, these have to be a tra- like a crazy trap game, right? I, Otherwise, they're just going to blow they, through this. They goal. have a four-week run of Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington. They have a month-long bye. Yeah. It is a month-long uh, bye. Oh, my God. And then they close out the season against the Rams and the Niners, and one of those two games could very easily be more challenging, uh, in addition to the first Rams game, um, because the division's wacky and, you know, just like who knows. But, man, what a – it'll be th- – these are these have been two fun teams to keep track of because, for one thing, they're undefeated, and for another thing, their quarterbacks are playing out of their goddamn minds. Um, oh, but with – uh, with the way their schedules are set up, it's going to be a real fun rest of the year keeping track of these two teams because they could have some uh, some very interesting. Like if if they lose any games, it's going to be kind of a big deal. Yeah, depending on what those games are. I just can't wait for something else to happen and for all of this to just kind of like all these schedules just dramatically change immediately. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a real treat. Uh, Let's close out with one last thing. Which defeated team do you think will win its first game between our three currently defeated teams, the Jets at 0-5, the Giants at 0-5, and the Atlanta Falcons at 0-5? I'll tell you now, it's going to be the Falcons. I would agree wholeheartedly. I I don't need to know their schedule. It's going to be the Falcons. Yeah, that team actually has uh, players and a coach. It doesn't matter who that coach is, but it's a coach. Exactly. Yeah, 
Uh, sad. Um, all right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, any other big news? Uh, Le'Veon Bell and Patrick Mahomes just followed each other, so that team's about to get fucking wackadoodle. Oh my god, I would love that team. I I don't even know how I would feel about that team, um, but it would be exciting for sure. Yeah, that's all I got. I would love that team. All right. Um, well, then let's call it. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. Uh, we launched merch. If you want to buy a shirt or a mask or a mug that says Juicing the Numbers on it and confuse all your friends, um, we have a, a Teespring account page. I'll link to it in the show notes where I put the, the email address and the Twitter account. You can check it out from there. And um, until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.